Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you tonight at the Starkville Church of God with your pastor who is my friend. And uh, I'm thankful for him and his wife and when he came here, he and I talked, and he told me, he said, I've got a vision for that church. And we've talked, and I'm going to tell you, nobody is more vested. Nobody is more bought in. Nobody has a bigger burden for this place than Dennis Laughlin and his family. And I honor you tonight, Dennis, and your wife and your family. Can we honor them tonight, the man and woman of God? That's mighty week. Come on, let's really honor your shepherd tonight. Hallelujah. While I got you standing, I'm going to read my text, Romans 10 and 15. Look at your neighbor real quick and tell them, if you're looking for me, tell them, if you're looking for me, you'll find me at his feet. That's what I want to preach on tonight. Find me at his feet. Amen. That's what Romans 10 and 15 says. You've heard it many times. It says, how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet, say feet, of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Will you pray with me tonight as we enter into the time where we break bread? And I would ask that you pray for me because without the Holy Ghost, I can't preach. Amen. Would you stretch your hand toward me tonight? Heavenly Father, I ask you tonight for the anointing that makes preaching possible. Lord God, use my mind, my body, and my spirit tonight to glorify you. I am not here for myself. I am here for God. And Lord God, for the next few minutes, God, if you'll anoint me, Lord God, we'll see signs, wonders, and miracles. And we'll say, surely we have been in the presence of the Lord. I'm asking you to take over this service, Lord God. Thank you for the worship, but now it's time for the Word. And Lord God, let the Word lead us into a time of ministry, God where, Lord God, we see your hand at work in this body of believers. And the whole church said, Amen. Clap your hands one more time and give him praise. Hallelujah. You be seated in the house of the Lord. Good to have my wife with me tonight. She drives me everywhere we go. And uh, if you call her Trish, that's okay because that is her alter ego. People at our church love to deal with Tish, but they don't want none of Trish. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Amen. Found at his feet. The feet of Jesus are not something you expect to hear about necessarily in a message. Normally, this scripture refers to pastors, and you hear it in pastor appreciation messages and the like. But tonight, I want to talk to you about the two greatest feet that ever crossed the horizon of this world, the feet of our Lord and Savior. You see, we love to hear about his hands, how they created the heavens and the earth. We love to hear how he would spit into clay and place it in the eyes of a blind man and they would heal. We love to hear about how his hands would lay hands on the sick or the demon possessed and they would be delivered. How his hands could meet needs. I'm afraid that we live in a culture who has sought his hands so much that we have forgot how to fall at his feet. 
You see, we won't see what's in his hand until we get back to a place that we learn how to fall at his feet. You see, we know that he carried this gospel for his entire 33 and a half years on earth by his feet. There were no limos, entourages, automobiles, trains, jet planes, just the Savior's feet that walked from town to town through dusty thoroughfares, laying hands on the sick, seeing them healed, causing devils to flee just simply at his name. When he walked into a place, he was carried by his feet. Let me say tonight, there were no feet more divine. There were no feet more beautiful than the feet of my Jesus. I'm afraid that we have lost the art tonight of being found at his feet. There's something special, church, about lowering ourselves at the foot of the cross, lowering ourselves at the foot of the Savior, forgetting how we look in the process, but getting back to a place of falling prostrate before him with all of our heart. I love what the writer in Proverbs said, to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to our own understanding, in all ways acknowledge him, and he will direct our paths. Tonight, if you're seeking direction, can I tell you direction isn't found only in Google. Direction isn't only found on a website. Direction is found at the feet of my Savior. If you're looking for peace, find his feet. Clap your hands if you love him tonight. True revival starts when we humble ourselves at his feet. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. I want to tell you, we have sought his hand too much. We have sought what we can get from God too much. But I come by to tell somebody tonight, Stop seeking his hand and find his feet again. Let all of your pride go. Let all of your arrogance go. Let all of your preconceived ideas about who he is go. And one more time, find yourself broken like an alabaster box down at the feet of Jesus. You might have to anoint him. You might have to shed some tears. But I want to tell you, you're going to come up better than you went down in the name of Jesus. It's it's not about his head. It's about getting back to his feet tonight. The Greek word is prosukamai, meaning bowing in the direction of God with prayer and praying toward God. It's the same posture that Daniel took, hallelujah, under the threat of death. When they said, if you pray again, you're going to be sentenced to a lion's den. How many of you know he didn't quake in fear? His knees didn't knock. He went straight back to the room that he prayed in three times a day, flung open the window, and he prayed toward Jerusalem. It's time for us to take our energy away from people and put it back on God. It's time for us to take our energy away from 
from the problem and put it back on God. Some of you have worried about the wrong people, places, and things. I come to tell you tonight, fall back at his feet. Fall back in love with him, and he can do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Is there somebody tonight that can say, I've been looking for an answer. I've been looking for some help. I've been looking for healing. I've been looking for deliverance. Well, I want to tell you, you won't find it any place else except the feet of Jesus tonight. Somebody give him a radical praise in here. John Wesley says, God does nothing except in response to sincere prayer. John Welch said it like this. He had such a burden for Scotland that he prayed, give me Scotland or I'll die. His wife would find him in the middle of the night on the floor crying out to God. I come to tell you when we find his feet again, we will find his glory again. My God, there's something about lowering yourself at the feet of Jesus that tells him, I'm not in charge. You are. It is your feet that I seek. I have come back down to where I can find myself, and I find myself at the feet of Jesus. If you've been knocked down, find his feet. If you're troubled, find his feet. If you're discouraged, find his feet. If you can't walk and you're crawling, I come to tell you tonight, find his feet. If the enemies come in like a flood, find his feet. How beautiful are the feet of our Savior. I want you to know you hadn't been knocked down so low that you can't find the king. Just because you're face down doesn't mean you're finished. My God, that was for somebody. Just find his feet tonight. Theologians say there were 72 steps from heaven to earth and back to glory for Jesus. See, during this time, his feet walked in many circles. Your feet are going to walk in many circles. You're going to go through many seasons in your life. And let me tell you, the Bible is full of illustrations and stories about the feet of Jesus. John the Baptist said his feet had sandals that he wasn't worthy to unlatch. I feel the presence of God. The Bible says his feet walked in the sawdust of his father's carpenter shop when he was 100% God and still 100% man. His feet walked into Nain and stopped a funeral and brought a widow's son back to life. His feet walked the cobblestone streets and the thoroughfares of his time calling disciples out of tax collector booths, fishing boats, and yes, doctor's offices. Jesus would bow down and wash his disciples disciples' feet, while Peter himself said, Oh, no, Savior, it is my job to wash your feet. And Jesus looked at him and said, You can have no part of me if you do not let me serve you. For the Son of Man came to serve. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to know his feet walked that Via Della Rosa up to Golgotha where his feet were pierced for my salvation, bringing to pass, hallelujah, the prophecy of Isaiah when he stood in the courtyards and he prophesied 700 years prior when he said he was wounded for our transgression, he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace is upon him. When they drove the nails through his feet, it was driving a nail in the coffin of the devil. I want to tell somebody there is power in the feet of 
Jesus. Somebody give him glory if you've ever had to find yourself at his feet. Come on, really clap your hands and take a praise break. God, there's power at his feet. One thing is certain, there's a place for all of us at his feet. We won't see the move of God, Pastor, that we so desire if we don't come back to his feet. I want you to know we'll never see real revival until we stop seeking big names. We stop seeking moves of God that come through people. Moves of God that come through music groups. I'm not against any of those things. But let me tell you, a real move of God comes to his church when we fall down at his feet again. I wish I said somebody to help me preach tonight. Are you ready for blinded eyes to open? Are you ready for sons and daughters to come back home? Are you ready for revival to sweep the city of Starkville? Are you ready for the campus to be turned upside down? Then I just stop by to tell you, you're not going to find it always in his hands but my God if you fall down at his feet he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you won't have room to contain what I wonder is there somebody here that can say I'm hungry for the blessings of God I'm hungry for the move of God I have seen what he can do and I'm tired of just getting by I'm ready for a move of God Psalms 95 and 6 says oh come let us worship and bow down. Something happens when we kneel before the Lord, our maker. Let me tell you something. If you find yourself at the feet of Jesus, you're always going to find a group of people there with you. It's not an exclusive place that's made only for you. I would imagine if you looked around and you found yourself at Jesus' feet, you're always going to find sinners at his feet. Let me tell you something. If you call yourself at the feet of Jesus and there's no ugly situations, hallelujah, there's no broken people, then can I tell you you're at the wrong set of feet. John 8 and 3 said the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in the very act of adultery and they set her down at his, you say it, feet. And they said unto her, Master, this woman was taking in the act. I want you to know Jesus didn't stand up proud and pompous. Jesus didn't point a finger. Jesus didn't smite her. Jesus didn't destroy her. What did Jesus do? The Bible says he knelt down at the same level she was in. I want you to know Jesus Jesus does his best work in the dirt. Lord, have mercy. I don't know about you, but when he saved me, he saved me from the guttermost to the uttermost. Now, I know there's some of us that think we were born saved and we came out of the birth canal glorifying God, but everybody was born into sin. The Bible tells of us all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I want you to know you needed a Savior just like this sinning woman needed a Savior. And if you find yourself at his feet, you're going to find broken, messed up people at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says in Luke 19 and 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Let me tell you, you've never locked eyes with another human being that Jesus didn't love and die for. So when you come to his feet, you're going to find messed up sinners at his feet. Not only are you going to find sinners at his feet, you're going to find sufferers at his feet. 
you're going to find broken people who are looking for an answer. Matthew 15 and 30 said, Great crowds came to him, bringing him the lame, the blind, the cripple, the mute, and many others. And they laid him laid them at his feet. Say feet. Hallelujah. And he healed them. The Bible tells us that Jesus oftentimes was thronged by people. The hurting, the broken, and the suffering. There is a common theme among individuals and they will say, where you find Jesus, you won't find many people. If you go to Christ, you're going to have to go to him alone. That flies in the face of what scripture says. Scripture tells us that there were sinners coming to Jesus. Scripture tells us there were sufferers that come to Jesus. And the Bible says in Matthew, when he saw the crowds, he had such compassion on them. They were harassed. They were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he had an inner groaning, my God. He had an inner movement. The Bible tells us that it was literally a convulsing of his inside when he saw the broken, when he saw the destitute, when he saw the cast down. Let me ask you something. Church, if we are the body of Christ, are we to be like Jesus? What, what's wrong with us when we see the broken person? Do we have the same attitude as Jesus, or do we just say, Let them go somewhere else, let them find another place? I want to tell you, Jesus' feet is just as beautiful in this house as it is in any other house of worship tonight, and you can find God at His feet tonight. Hallelujah. That literal groaning took place when Jesus saw those who were suffering. John 11 and 32 says, Mary reached the place where Jesus was when her brother Lazarus had already been dead four days. And the Bible says she fell at his, and when she fell at his feet, she said, Lord, if you would have been here, my Lord have mercy. My brother would not have died. You're going to find sinners at his feet, and you're going to find sufferers. You're going to find people who feel like they've gotten the short end of the stick. You may find some people at his feet that are mad with him. Well, let me tell you, you may be mad, you may be upset, but just find his feet tonight. Hallelujah. You may be broken, but find his feet. You may be going through hell on earth, but I come to tell you tonight, just find his feet. This word tells me, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. There's no circumstance. There's no sickness. There's no disappointment that you've been through that there's not healing at the feet of Jesus. There's restoration and power at his feet tonight. You're going to find sinners. You're going to find sufferers. You know what else? You're going to find mamas and daddies at his feet. What do you mean? Mark 5 and 22 says, And behold, there come one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by his name. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his. Jairus had exhausted every other effort. He had went as far as he could go in the human realm. He'd talked to every doctor. He was a man of means. He had sought out every pharmaceutical relief. Nothing worked. His daughter was laying there taking her last breath. 
Thank God for a man who was down to nothing but found the feet of a Savior who could do something. My God, I want a description won't work. When I tell you there'll come a day, I'm preaching to somebody tonight, when a psychiatrist can't help you. There'll come a day when friends cut you off. There'll come a day when you can't get a hold of your best friend. But can I tell you, there'll never be a time when you can't find the feet of my Savior. He is an all-present, hallelujah, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-sufficient Savior. And the Bible tells me he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. My God, is there anybody who's ever been faced down in a ditch, didn't have a hope in the world, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you found the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. What about moms? Absolutely, mothers are found at his feet. Mark 7 and 25. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and come and fell down at his There's something about his feet that's glorious. There's something about his feet that tells us it's going to be okay. But I just want you to know, mamas and daddies in the room tonight, that there is a dark, unclean spirit that has been released from the depths of hell. And it has one mission in mind, to kill a whole generation of youth and young people. Let me preach like I want to. Drugs, sex, confusion, dysfunctional family situations, dysphoria, and many other dark things have been opened up from the catacombs of hell. And let me tell you something, Mom. Let me tell you something, Dad. You will not see your children saved. You will not see your children filled and refilled until you find yourself at his feet you're asking them to do something that you don't put in front of them it's like a foreign language but mom and dad when you get up in the morning and you're praying in the Holy Ghost when you go to bed at night and they hear you praying in the Holy Ghost when you pray over them when you lay hands on them when you declare war on the kingdom of hell over them you're teaching them more than life skill you're teaching them the skill of how to battle in a spiritual realm the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty unto God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's time for mamas and daddies to find his feet again. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. My feet are a place of peace, but my feet are also a place of warfare. When you lower yourself, I will lift you high, says the Lord God Almighty. Your enemies will flee when you fall at my feet. Strongholds will fall when you fall at my feet. Call unto me tonight. This is your hour to come back to me with wailing, to come back to me with weeping. Find my feet again. My God, somebody in this house, give him glory. Somebody in this house, take just a minute. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Press through. Fight through tonight. Find yourself at the feet of Jesus. Let me tell you, this generation knows how to do more than my generation ever knew. They're smarter than we are, Pastor Dennis. And they're going to be the richest generation that has ever come along. But my God, you can teach them all the things known to man. 
But if you're not teaching them how to find his feet, we're missing an opportunity to raise up a Joshua generation. We're going to let a generation go by, and we're not going to teach them how to fight in the realms of spiritual warfare. And, Lord God, it's great to take on the whole armor of God. The Bible says to do that. But there's something about the feet of Jesus. There's something about getting down and saying, it's not by might, hallelujah. It's not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I want to tell you, if you go to war for your children, you're going to find the victory at his feet. Dear God, you may be in a valley right now, but that valley's not too low that his feet aren't in that valley. And my Bible tells me he's put everything in heaven and earth under his feet. I wonder, are there five people tonight that can say, I'm going to go ahead and give him praise now because of what he has put up under his feet. Go ahead, somebody. If you're brave enough, stand up and shout if you're brave enough stand up and stomp your feet if you're looking for me you'll find me at his feet you used to find me in a bar room you used to find me in the wrong circle. You used to find me out of his will. But if you look for me tonight, you'll find Kurt Pitts at his feet. Hallelujah. I want to tell you there's a place at his feet. And the Bible says that sinners are there. Sufferers are there. Mamas and daddies, are you ready to go there? Psalms 145 and 4 says one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Listen, can I just be transparent with you? I don't have a mom and a daddy that came from the church of God. I was a nobody, still am a nobody. I didn't have a connection with nobody. Just let me preach just a minute, okay? But I want to tell you something. I had men and women of God that when I showed up to that church in Laurel, I'm not here to tell my testimony, but I'm going to tell you a little bit of it. I was born and raised in the projects of South Laurel, Mississippi. My daddy was in prison when I was born. I didn't get to meet him until I was eight years old. My mother was 15 years old when she had me, and I was raised by my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother. We lived in what they called the White Folks Projects on South 13th Avenue in Laurel when I was about six years old. And I had a praying great-grandmother, but she was unable to take me to church because of her physical limitations. I was outside one day on a Saturday, and I looked in an old blue church van, came riding down South 13th Avenue, and on the side of it I read West Laurel Church of God. And there was a lady that lived next door to us, a shouting saint, hallelujah. Somebody that when they sang Heaven's Jubilee, she knew how to shout. Somebody that knew how to sing Keep on the Firing Lines. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house tonight? And she told me, Kurt, if you'll get up on this church van with me, God is going to use you. I want to tell you, I am 45 years old now, 30 
29 years ago I climbed on a church van because somebody pulled me up on it and I've never left that church I pastor that church today that church is called Ignite Church I've never called an overseer looking for another appointment because I believe I am at the feet of Jesus in that place and I may have not had a mama and a daddy that was able to do it but there were men and women of God who showed me how to get down at the feet of Jesus and pray until something happened. Your influence is greater than you could ever imagine on the next generation. You'll be surprised the evangelists that are in the shadow of this steeple. You'll be amazed the evangelists that are right there on that campus. Help me preach somebody. People who can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Say, we don't even know who they are. The map to finding them is through his feet. Church, when you find yourself at his feet, God will send you a harvest that you won't have room to contain. You're going to find sinners there. You're going to find sufferers there. You're going to find families there. But not only that, you're going to find healed people at his feet. And they came to Jesus. And they found a man from whom demons had departed. Sitting at his. And he was clothed. And in his right mind. If we are the church. If we are the body of Christ. And we represent the hands and the feet of Jesus, then there ought to be sinners in our midst. My Lord, help me preach somebody. There ought to be sufferers in our midst. There ought to be families falling at his feet. But not only that, there should be lives in among our congregation who once was lost, but now are found. They once was blind, and now they see. Churches should have people that are a visible testimony of God's goodness and God's grace. There should be many infallible proofs is what the Bible says. My God, the day that we look around and all we see are the frozen chosen and my four and no more and no messed up people who came out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're not being the hands and the feet. My God, I like looking over here and saying this man was strung out on drugs but now he's delivered. Hallelujah. This woman didn't have her kids. They had been taken from her. But God did a miracle. She's been clothed and in her right mind. There will be healed people at his feet. The greatest, the greatest church growth, I guess you could say, tactic that you'll ever have won't come in a five-point plan. It won't come on a DVD. We don't even use DVDs anymore. I've showed how old I was just now. You won't find it on YouTube. You may find some things that will help you. But the greatest church growth tactic you'll ever have is people who are clothed. Hallelujah. And in their right mind. It's better than a billboard. Hallelujah. 
It's better than a website. Glory be unto God. The word will begin to move around town. Do you remember old so-and-so? He was a drunk wife beater. Do you remember old so-and-so? He was a drug addict. He's over there at the Starkville Church of God. He's been saved. He's been healed. He's been delivered. He's been set free. He has found the feet of Jesus. You'll be surprised. You'll have to set out chairs. You won't have enough room to hold all the people when they hear that there's a fountain flowing deep and wide and it started at the feet of Jesus Christ. You're going to find heal people at his feet. But you're also going to find worshipers at his feet. Worship isn't a song. Worship isn't a style. Worship, Brother Clint, is a posture. Can I tell you, worship is a position. You see, you praise him for what he's done. And you worship him for who he is. You see, because he is worthy of praise and honor if he never does anything for you. He is worthy of you falling at his feet simply because he is God. Let me ask you something, church. When is the last time you came and fell at his feet and you didn't have to have something? You didn't need something. You said, I just, I just remember what it was like when I was on fire for God. And I would just get near his feet just to feel the presence, just to feel the fire, just to feel the anointing of being next to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, worship is the word worth-ship. You know, we call worship a lot of things. We call it style. We call it substance. We call it groups. We call it a manner of different things when in reality... It is simply paying worth to the only one who was sufficient to save your soul from hell. And I come by to tell you tonight, he is worthy of your worship tonight. We put worth in a lot of places. We put value in a lot of places. But I want to tell you there is worth at the feet of Jesus. Lord, I'm reminded of the last living apostle, or disciple rather. While all the others had been martyred, John the Beloved lived on, even though he wanted to go like Peter, even though he would have loved, and you're saying that sounds crazy, no. It was an honor to be a martyr for Christ. But God let John live. It's not ironic to me that if you look down at the foot of the cross near his feet, there was one that went with him all the way. Of course, his mother was there. She saw Pastor Dennis, what they did to him. But there was one who history tells us laid his head on the chest of the Savior just to hear his heart beat. His name was John. He called him the Beloved. See, so he was there at his feet. I don't know if there's a direct correlation in the reason that he lived beyond martyrdom. But the Bible tells us that he was taken captive and he was boiled in oil. And he was exiled to a place called Patmos. And many of you know this, but just bear with me. The scripture tells us that there in his loneliness where 
Surely the enemy was laughing with glee that this last disciple would die broken and alone. You see, there's something about being at the feet of Jesus that'll give you stickability. There's something about being at the feet of Jesus that'll give you a spiritual intestinal fortitude. While everybody else tucks tails and runs, you can square your shoulders, stand straight up on your legs and say, No, I have been with Jesus. I've been at his feet. The Bible says that it's in that place that he was exiled. That all of a sudden he gets out a piece of paper and finds a way to scrawl upon it. And a revelation happens to him. In fact, the Word of God puts it like this in Revelation 1 and 17. This man who had been near the feet of Jesus said, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and I am the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, hallelujah, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the one that walks in the middle of seven golden candlesticks. I am the I am. That's in the last book of your Bible. And that revelation started. I don't know what you're facing tonight. I don't know what you're fighting tonight. And I'm sure this ain't prophecy. This is just a process of elimination. I'm sure with a crowd this size, Pastor, there's somebody who needs his feet tonight. There's somebody here fighting hell. There's somebody here that is going through something that you have no clue what they're facing. Family situations, financial issues tall mountains in their way deep valleys that they're in the bottom of that they don't think they'll ever come out of yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death well fear no evil for thou art with me I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight but there's somebody you don't need nothing fancy you don't need a lot of fluff you just need his feet Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.